because I was in um, Thailand with a Chinese tour group. And at the end of the tour, they brought us to a pillow factory. Huh. And we were sat down in a lobby and made to watch a like a presentation about how amazing these pillows were. Also like a block away from the airport. So we snuck out the back and <laughs> ran to the airport. <laughs> oh my gosh. So no pillows. <laughs> no pillow. We didn't need a soba cow pillow or whatever they were selling. So we just escaped. Oh, so now I feel that's bad. Funny. I guess that was like his his way of making money. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm supposed to tip the tour guide. I didn't know that. In addition to the fact that it is too much, it's clearly too much and that maybe there are solutions like employees should be required to pay their, their employees minimum wage no matter what. <laughs> or, uh, I, there are other issues like inflation in the United States has been out of control for the last three years. Uh. So if you add inflation plus tax plus tipflation, like going out is impossibility unless you're like, what, upper middle class or upper class. Uh. Like normal people can't go to nice restaurants anymore because the cost is out of control, is spiraling out of control. So it's actually discouraging people from consuming, you know, as much as before. Mm, yeah. Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We're a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason, and today with me is Baby. Hello, Jason. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do we have today? Well, a slew of recent articles inside and outside the U.S. takes a look at tipping. <laughs> One article in the U.K.'s Express, for example, calls it a tourist's nightmare. <laughs> Why is I it spiraling uh, yeah, mm -hmm. out of control? Well, you know, as an American, it's hard for me to see sometimes. Mm -hmm. And how do people show appreciation for good service in other countries? Yeah. Bebe, what's your experience in the United States with tipping? Well, tipping was simple back when I was there, right? When you go to restaurants. Mm. You tip about 15%. And as a Chinese family, we don't, you know, go to bars. We don't usually do takeouts mm -hmm. back in the States because that's like, you know, illegal. Mm -hmm. Your mom is at home cooking and you want to order takeouts? Mm -hmm. We've done pizza, you know, but that's like, I don't know, that's special. And of course, you give a small tip. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, that's pretty much it. I mean, when you go on holidays, right, you leave like $5 on the nightstand every day about that because um, room service is hard work. Other than that, it's pretty simple. But it seems like things are getting out of control, getting a lot more complicated these days. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been in the U.S. that much in the last decade, but when I was back there, was what you said. It was 15%. That was considered like you're supposed to tip 15% for most right. kinds of things. And then in a hotel, you tip depending on how well you want to be treated, right? So you give the concierge or whatever, 20 bucks or five bucks, depending on how what kind of experience you want to have. Hmm. But like... You mean at the end of the trip, $20 for what? No, at the beginning of the trip. The person at the like service desk? All, everywhere. In the hotels? When you check Someone in? Someone brings your... Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You check in, you give money. The guy who takes your bags to your rooms, you give money, you give money for the... Yeah, like really variable in that kind of... And, you know, taxi drivers, you can tip too. Hmm. But now it's taken on completely other dimensions. I read... 25% is an expected service tip oh, now in the United oh. States. What is that? Why? For like restaurants and everything? 
25%? Yeah, you go to a restaurant. If you don't pay 25%, they may chase you into the streets and tell you you didn't tip enough. So if I, let's say a family goes out yeah. and like order a dinner for $100, mm-hmm. you would be expected to end up paying 125 at least? More. No, no, no. Because you have tax. That's a lot of money. You got to think about, you uh, got like, depending uh, on the state, you have 7 <laughs> to 10% tax. You A $100 meal is $110 meal. And that's before tipping. Right. Then you have to add 25%. So you're talking about $137 for a $100 meal. Well, that is a little over the range of like normal expectations. I think if I live there now, this kind of a tipping system would totally discourage me from going out. I think that it is. You know? I think that it is. And this is what I read. This is from UK Mike McKiernan. I'm not I'm sorry if I butchered your name. June 7th, How to Tip Around the World, BBC. And he writes in the United States, it is now custom to add 20 to 25 percent to a bill. And tipflation presents challenges for both locals and visitors alike. So I I mean Ooh, tipflation. That's a new word. I think I would tipflation. Yeah, it's a new word. I would not be going out. I can't believe that. Uh, it's ludicrous. It's unfair. It's insane. Are the restaurants paying their servers at all? Or are they like depending on tips? Here's the like, thing. Completely? In different states, there are different laws. So in California, for example, no matter tips or not, you're supposed to pay your employee minimum wage at least. Right. But in some states, they actually deduct the tip from your wages so that if you don't get tipped, you end up making below minimum wage. Mm. And that's why servers Servers may chase you out into the streets because they're literally dependent upon your tip as part of their wage. You know, my mom, my parents are very frugal and they they don't spend a lot of like unnecessary money. But every time my parents, like my mom, we go to restaurants, she's always very generous with tipping. And that's because my aunt, she uh, worked in restaurants before, like, you know, when she was in school. And every day after she came back from working like a whole day in the restaurant, like over the weekend, her like ankles will be swollen wow. because she's been standing all day as she's been walking and carrying things. So my mom knew that this is really hard work. Mm. And my little cousin, like she was only what, five, three or five. She will get like a bucket of hot water for her mom to soak her feet in. Isn't that sweet? Mm. I mean, it was at that, from that time we knew that, you know, we should tip pretty generously. But now if you say 20 to 25 percent, I think we should tip. But then I will rethink my choice of going out. Mm. I think I would just rather stay home because it ends up being too much. In addition to the fact that it is too much, it's clearly too much. And that maybe there are solutions like employees should be required to pay their their employees minimum wage no matter what. Mm. Or uh, There are other issues like inflation in the United States has been out of control for the last three years. So if you add inflation plus tax plus tipflation, like going out is impossibility unless you're like, what, upper middle class or upper class? Uh Like normal people can't go to nice restaurants anymore because the cost is out of control, is spiraling out of control. So it's actually discouraging people from consuming, you know, as much as before. Mm, Yeah. And I see some interesting new words here, like new buzzwords such as guilt tipping. Tipping fatigue, <laughs> tip creep, or viral tip shaming, and tipflation. These have uh, crept into our, I guess, new dictionary. <laughs> and guilt tipping 
Because I th- I know these days shops have these machines, right, for ring people. And some of them will ask you whether or not you want to tip, mm. like right in your face. <laughs> and that's always a kind of a, a challenge because you don't always want to tip, mm. right? Let's say you've already spent like, what, $6, $5 on a coffee. You might not feel like giving another $2. So your coffee ends up being like $7, which is a bit much. But then if the server asks you right there, you know, do you want to tip and kind of like stare you in the eye? Like, how would you say no? You know what I mean? So I think I would end up just not going to get that coffee. (laughs) which is unfortunate. Yeah. There's actually a story here somewhere of a man who went to New York City and he went into a regular store, like, you know, a corner store, got a bottle of water out of the fridge, walked over, put it on the counter and went to pay for it. And they asked him to tip. For what? (laughs) I know. Exactly. For what? Did he make that bottled water? What is going on in America? I I know. This is not a good vibe because it's very discouraging for consumers. I mean, when I was thinking about this, and actually I found an article about how much like tips on tipping. It's a really good article. It's very comprehensive. And but I was reading it and it was like seven pages long, Jason, Mm. because it covers not just restaurants, but literally everything. Like, so I learned that you're supposed to tip for like babysitting and for weddings Hmm. if you have like a wedding occasion and for transportation for movers everything and i was reading this i felt this psychological weight it's like if i go there and if i live there i have to remember all these things yeah and it's not only about money i mean it's it's going to be more expensive but still it's something to think about you know Hmm. it's a weight you carry and besides There are math problems to be solved. (laughs) I mean, 10% is not too difficult, but then you have to like look for change and all that stuff. So, you know, it adds to the mental weight, you know? Well, I got a question for you, baby. Sure. You know, you have some background in finance and economics. In terms of measuring GDP, oh. do does tipping like the mover get calculated into the GDP? I'm not too sure because that's not really recorded. You know, cash transactions is not recorded. So yeah. they're I don't think they're properly taxed, but it's such hard work for this whole like second economy right. that's invisible built on the first one that's being developed in the United States. Right. So, yeah, I guess it's some sort of a gray area, but I suppose it's a way of supporting people working in the service sector. I'm not too sure. Mm. But still, as I was saying, well, all this tipping that you need to do makes consumption, like makes going out and consuming less enjoyable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if for everything that I get, I have to make a choice. Do I tip or not? Like someone asks me this question and then I have to do a little math to see if I can afford it. If I just had fun like eating and now at the end it's this, <laughs> it's just like, you know, um, like pouring ink in a beautiful picture. Do you feel more comfortable when you go to a restaurant and they've already calculated the tip into the cost of the ticket? I guess it's easier. It depends on the percentage. If it's 15%, that's acceptable. And some restaurants do that, right? They calculate it for you. But I remember most of the time, we have to do a little back of the envelope calculation. But that's just for restaurants and not for like everything. Coffee shops, delivery, drivers. That's just too much math to do. Too many extra questions to answer. But yeah, I wouldn't mind if they already added it, you know, like 15%. But 25, you mentioned? That's something different. That comes out to be something different. That's challenging, I have to admit. Yeah. 
What about in terms of tourism? Do you think that this negatively impacts people's considerations in terms of going to the United States to see the Grand Canyon or go to Las Vegas or New York when they think about the fact that if they went to any other country in the world, Mm. firstly, there's no visible sales tax in most countries. And secondly, there's mostly no tipping in most other countries. But in the United States, you have both of those compounded on top of the fact that there's been inflation for three years. Do you think that this might dissuade people from tourism in the United States? I think so. If they knew beforehand, it will be very shocking if they discover it once they land in the U.S. and they have like (laughs) waitresses chasing after them on the street and also drivers cursing at them (laughs) for not leaving a tip. You know, but if they knew beforehand, they would have to redo their budget because an extra 20 percent to 25 percent, that's a huge amount of cost. Yeah. Um, If it's a family of four, let's say you go for a meal, $100, you end up paying like extra $20 or $30. So, yeah, definitely. Because as I was reading this article, how to tip, it talks about how to tip at hotels and also transportation and everything. And that all adds up. You know, this wouldn't really work in China because we pay everything using like something similar to PayPal on our cell phones. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking if I like go to a hotel and somebody carries my luggage for me, And usually you tip for like a dollar or two, something like that. And then you have to be not so graceful thing is you have to fumble for cash. You know, you are already tired and exhausted from the trip. And also you just came from the airport and you are watching your kids so they don't get lost. And at the same time, you have to... And you have, a, you have a wad of cash because you just changed money at the airport. But then they're usually not singles. You know, they're probably hundreds and twenties. I mean, when you go to look for your tip money, they may see that you have an enormous amount of cash and then they're going to be like, why didn't you give me a bigger tip? Look at all the money you have. Oh, gosh. But I'm just saying it's inconvenient, mm. you know, because you're already exhausted. You have other things on your mind. You just want to get in the room and rest. But I, I think when in our case, like if my family travel, we usually, you know, just carry our luggage on our own, not just to save money, but it's just like, you know, this is what you do. You carry your luggage. And but in China, it's not really much of a problem. So in China, I think good thing is you don't have to worry about this. Now, if you really feel happy that someone helped you and you want to tip them, then you explain to them that thank you so much for your service. I want to give this to you as a token of gratitude and something like that. And then that's pretty nice. You know, it's an extra nice thing you want to do. And it's not it doesn't give you this uh, extra psychological weight, something to worry about. So I care more about this part. There have been and these are the exceptions. These are not the bell curve. Firstly, Bebe is right. My experience living here is exactly the same as Bebe's. 99.99999% of the time, there is no tip. However, there have been a couple of incidents in preparing for this show uh-huh. that stuck out of my mind where there was a request for a tip. Oh, when? So I went to Yongan Lee has a place called the Silk Market. Uh. And they, I go have suits made there occasionally yeah. because I one that's made for me. And they've asked me at the end of the paying process after the negotiation is over. Right. Oh, would you like to give a couple hundred extra RMB as a tip to the, uh, I guess, the guy who's actually going to. Seamstress? The seamster. Yeah, seamstress, but as a gentleman. Uh, would you like, and I was, no. <laughs> that's what I said. Couple hundred? Yeah, he asked for a couple hundred. At that point, I realized he wasn't actually really asking for a tip. Oh my god. What he was asking for is to renegotiate the cost of 
the suit after we'd already done the measurements. And so I was like, haha, I'm, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> I, that, that is definitely something he did. That person did because you are you look like you're a foreigner. Well, why? Yeah, that wouldn't happen in most cases. And I think even like if you go there and speak in Chinese or your wife is there with you, she's Chinese. Maybe that wouldn't have happened. It's very rare. I think just because he probably thought you just came from the airport, <laughs> like fresh off the boat from the States or something. And that's something he learned from Western culture. But that's very unusual. There's one other story. Uh, Summer and I, my wife and I, we were moving from one home to another home and we had neglected to pack properly. So we had all these empty boxes, but our stuff was everywhere. And the mover showed up early. And so they were like, we have something to do right after this. We need to go now. And so we were like, OK, so then they helped us pack. And then we they moved us into the new apartment. When we got into the new apartment, they were like, hey, we helped you pack. Maybe you should tip us. So we gave them like an extra hundred RMB or whatever. Okay. I think that sounds more reasonable because for them, I don't think they were thinking about tipping. I think they were just asking you for extra cost. Yeah. For extra compensation. Yeah. And because I think the concept of tipping is rather new. Like it's rather unusual. People have heard of it. Maybe a lot of people have not heard of it, but some people have heard of it. But it's just not part of our common way of thinking. It's foreign. Yeah. But sometimes they will renegotiate the set upon price if circumstances have changed. Yeah. Like, as you mentioned in that moving incident, it's because it's not what they expected. They did extra work. So I think that's reasonable. But the tailor-made suit place, that was not reasonable. <laughs> I would not pay it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Next question, and this is not about China, this is about the United States again. What about a bad server? Someone who does not do, they bring you your food, they have attitude, and that's, you only see them to order and when your food is delivered. Do you give them 20%? Uh, Isn't tipping supposed to be a way voluntary? to let the server know mm. that they did a good job? And what happens when the server doesn't do a good job? Are we still expected to give them the wages that their employer is not giving them? Well, I don't remember that ever happening, like someone who is just terrible when they served us meals. But I will probably, I don't know, I will still give 15%. Like, I'm not used to this 25% you just mentioned, Jason. You're going to be chasing to the streets, I baby. I probably will. <laughs> or I will just not go to the restaurants because I can't imagine 25%. But yeah, I think I will still give 15 because as I'm a lot more mature now, I'm much a nicer person, Jason. <laughs> Maybe like five <laughs> years ago, I will like feel, what's the word? Begrudge. Grudge. Like I would be unhappy about the service and I'll maybe like give 10%. I will not leave without paying then. Is that like terrible 10%? No, they're going to have this net gun that they fire at you in the street. Oh, you know, the chasing down the street is no joke, though, because I remember at like friends, family, friends dinner back in the States, like they were talking about a friend who just went to the States from China and he literally, the family literally did not know about tipping. So they ate in a restaurant and they at the end, they just got up and left mm. and it was a Chinese restaurant. So the lady waitress, she literally went out and started yelling <laughs> in Chinese. I ran after them all the way to the parking <laughs> spot. 
asking them for a tip. Wow. But I think we thought it was pretty funny. But I think it's understandable, right? Because she depended on those tips. And it was, yeah. uh, at that time, it was still 15%. So it was reasonable. Yeah, that's a great story. I have another, this is uh, at BBC.com also. Unionized U.S. Apple store proposes asking for tips. Oh. And I guess this, according to this article, this is what really brought tipping back into the public debate right now. Mm. And so uh, this article on May 5th, 2023 by Chelsea Bailey says that the team at Apple's Genius Bar hands you your phone back within hours with a hefty bill. And then they ask you, would you like to add a tip? So now we're expected to tip the technicians which work on our technical devices. So this is a new, a whole new field of tipping beyond hotels, beyond... It's just at this one store? No, no, no. This is a unionized U.S. Apple store means, I guess, all unionized Apple stores. So <laughs> now that unions are starting to grow, the unions are trying to use their bargaining power to force all employees who are members of the union to ask for tips and make it a new part of the American culture that you would tip when you go in to have your Apple device tinkered with. My understanding of the purpose of unions is that they bargain with the company, right? The owners of mm -hmm. the means of production. That's correct. On the benefit of the workers. Yes. But in this case, they are asking consumers to pay for the benefit of the employees. Yeah. I think for this particular case, for one thing, the Apple Store geniuses, they should be paid decent wages, right? They shouldn't really depend on... I assume. I don't know. Uh, we assume. Okay. And also, to be asked whether or not you want to tip is different from, oh, I'm so happy that she or he solved my technical problem, which I have no idea how to do. I really feel like I would like to give you like 10 or $20 as a tip. That's a happy occasion. But when you just paid your bill mm -hmm. and you are asked whether or not you want to pay an extra 10, 15, $20 for the service, that's a different feel. I think they really have to understand the feel of your shopping experience or even for fixing stuff. I don't like that. I agree with you, baby, but I, this is what I'm feeling like. Uh... I mean, I actually do agree. I feel that tipflation is out of control in the United States. I think that, that Congress needs to enact laws personally to make it so that all employers are required to pay their employees minimum wage or even a living wage Enough. so that and then the, the tip cannot be calculated into that wage. And then people can tip whatever they want. If they want to tip 10 or 20 percent, whatever, it's up to them on an individual basis. But they need what we need to do is have employers take care of their employees properly. Uh. And if that means raising the price of a burger from like $2 to $2.50 so that the employer can then pay their employee a proper amount, then so be it. That needs to be what's done. But I also feel like Apple customers are probably not poor. <laughs> well, but they might not have... They're, they're bougie people, yeah. A lot of extra... You've got an Apple phone. You're not like, you know, struggling. You could have got something cheaper, but you chose Apple, like the most expensive phone. But maybe they are struggling because they got that iPhone or because <laughs> they got that MacBook Pro or whatever. Right, But I think right. I really... Uh, I want to know, like the bottom, the root of the problem. For me, I think this is a bit of a problem. Uh -huh. Like who is initiating all this? Uh -huh. The increase of the percentage of the tip and also the uh, ubiquitousness, if that's a word, mm. of tipping everywhere. Who is initiating this? Are the uh, service themselves, like waitresses themselves? Or it's the owners of the restaurants or hotels or Apple stores 
are the owners, are they, do they want to pass more of the cost to the consumers this way? Because I think I want to know who is really doing all this. Have they been lowering mm -hmm. the wages of their employees and telling them that you got to depend more on tips or all this is happening because it's tougher to make money and people are struggling? Yeah. But this is going to backfire because I'm not going to shop as much if that's the case. You know, I'm just going to stay home, cook home and, you know, do everything at home, mm. <laughs> which won't be good for anybody, actually. Yeah, it'll slow the economy. The GDP is a calculation of money changing hands. If people like Bebe stay home and don't end me, I'd be with you. I'd go out, but less. And then the GDP will actually decrease because money will be not changing hands as much. Right. And when all parties would happen happier, like you would be happy going to the restaurant to have a nice meal, the owners of the restaurant would be happy and also the waitress would be happy, right, if this took place. I am home most of the time, but I do, I mean, Beijing, I do order takeout a lot. Usually just coffee, sometimes food. You know, there is a tipping option. I know. In I was going to. You can tip like five RMB. Oh, you were. I'm sorry. I stole your story. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's okay. Because it's, we don't call it tipping. See, mm. we call it an extra bonus. Mm. Uh, so I think in China, there's not really a concept of tipping, but oh, there, yeah. there's yeah. the concept of rewarding. Like today I got my coffee and it's been, it was raining very hard mm. when the, oh, yeah, the delivery yeah, yeah, yeah. man got here. So I went on the app and I tipped, well, I guess you say in English, you tipped him. I just gave him a reward for five mm. and it's in the setting. You can just, there's two, five, like eight, ten, and you can give any amount you like. And the one for, I think the symbol for the two RMB was a bottle of water. So on a hot day, you know, you want to give them at least two a bottle of water. And then for the symbol for five kwai, five RMB was a drumstick. <laughs> because it's, um, you know, when someone has done a good job in Chinese, we say, you know, give them an extra drumstick as a reward. So and uh, yesterday yeah. it was really hot. So when I ordered my coffee, I think I gave two RMB for the reward. I try to do this on a daily basis if I do order. Because I think even if it's just like, you know, two or five RMB, it would be a great boost for the delivery man to know that his efforts, you know, his effort is appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. But then like no one is knocking on my door or like right in my face asking me, do you want to tip me? <laughs> I think I will probably wow. back off if that was the case. So it's voluntary. But, you know, there's such an option. I agree. I mean, actually, I'm very happy in China and I do. I like it this way. I do tip very, very seldom. Maybe only if I have to say it's only a couple times a year actually, in honesty. But, you know, it's really because there was some exceptional circumstance that I felt that they just really deserved it. Uh -huh. Like maybe they went to the wrong address the first time. Then they went all the way out of their way to make sure that they picked it up from the wrong address and brought it to my address. Then I'll be like, wow, this person probably lost money today because maybe I input the address incorrectly. I don't know. I'm bad at Chinese. So I like, OK, here's some extra money. So sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. to talk about countries around the world, which is in the first article we brought up. It right. talks firstly about Japan. Sure. And it mentions it, quote, it's also a place where tipping isn't just uncommon. Mm. It's considered embarrassing and awkward. And it really could be spelled out for the foreign visitor to think twice. <laughs> Do so and you'll cause offense. Now, I didn't actually know that. And I think I did tip in Tokyo once. 
So I heard, certainly hope I didn't offend anybody. <laughs> what was the occasion for a restaurant? Or? Yeah, so, uh, we went to a sushi restaurant. It was our first time in Tokyo. And we were like, wow, this was amazing. Let's just tip. And so we did. Uh, no one seemed to say anything or whatever. But now, in retrospect. Did you just retrospect, leave, leave cash yeah, yeah, yeah. on the table? It was, or? It was, you know, they oh. give you the bill and you just stuff the money under the bill in the little like envelope thing, right? Uh-huh. Oh, well, they're in Tokyo. So I think they're probably used to that because they receive guests from like all over the world. But mm. in, sometimes it could complicate things because let's say mm. you're in like a more remote place and they're not used to tipping and that you have you leave cash on the table without explaining to them in Japanese, they might not know what's going on. And probably you will have an old lady chasing after you on the street. <laughs> Take your money! <laughs> Just so that Take your money. to return the cash. I know. So it's the exact opposite. <laughs> you lost your money. <laughs> Welcome to opposite land. The waitress is chasing you to give you money instead of to ask for more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, in China, let's say if you were just eating uh, one of the, you know, small restaurants on the street. Yeah. And after you leave, you have like 10 or 5 kwai on the table. Well, they will chase after you. Uh, they, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. So if you do, you know, explain what you're doing that for. Isn't this amazing, though? Yeah. Like in because in the States, it's common, right? Everybody knows that when you go out to eat, you tip or when you order something, you, you tip. Right. But then a lot of uh, Americans probably don't know that it's not universal. Right. Yeah. In Japan, it's not common. And once you get used to that, it's very freeing in a way that when you go shop, you just shop. When you go eat, you just eat. And when you take a taxi, you just take a taxi. It's one less thing to worry about. And that's a good feeling, especially when you are like me, like older and you have like things that you have to do, like taking care of your kids and the work and all that. It, your mind is already full of stuff mm. and you just don't want anything else to you know, be stuffed into your mind. So one last thing to worry about. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, the shopping experience. The traveling experience will all be much, much nicer, I think. Well, I mean, I agree. And I actually am happy to be in a country where tipping isn't the rule and the employees are paid enough. But there is another country on the list, Egypt, where tipping is a thing in defense of America. So uh, th this is called bahish, bahish, which means a tip or a charitable alm, which are given to restaurant workers, taxi drivers, tour guides and hotel staff. It sounds like something for foreigners to pay. OK, the, the way that I'm reading this, it looks like tourists are asked to are literally asked asked to pay for this so that they'll say hey why don't you give a tip and it's usually done to travelers i see okay i get it so not for locals yeah so if you're yeah you're a local they probably don't expect a tip but hey you're from america so we Ooh. would all be targets <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you go to egypt here comes business <laughs> big yeah, business yeah, yeah well i mean I guess I don't mind uh, too bad, but he, we already kind of talked about China. So I, this is on the list, but I was going to skip over it. It's just one thing more about Egypt. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. read in this article that it has something to do with their religious belief, I think. It really? says by giving alms to the poor is one of the five tenets of Islam and understanding that will deepen our travelers' grasp of this part of the world. But is it... Is well, I guess it's just a spirit of helping the less, I guess, wealthy parts of the society. A tour guide is a beggar? That doesn't calculate in my mind. I guess it's a cultural thing. Wait, 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 wait. Tour guides, now you remind me, tour guides in China have to be tipped. Oh, yeah? They depend on that. Yes. So if... Um... I did not know this. Okay. I, have, I have not tipped <laughs> tour guides before. Uh-oh. I'm. I, but, why didn't you chase me down in the streets. <laughs> 
<laughs> he likes to run. <laughs> so usually you go in a tour group. It's a group of like say ten or fifteen, and usually you see them in China. Yeah, yeah you, I've, they, done, I've done. The that. tour guide will have this little flag so that everybody can see him. And usually they give out like color, the hats of the same color and design, oh, so no. you know that you're in the same group. <laughs> so these tour guys, they do uh, depend on tips um, for that. I think so. I've never been in a. I don't think I've ever been in a tour group, but this is my understanding in China. Really? And also another part of their income depends on sometimes when you shop at these local restaurants at the destination, they will give some kind of kickback to the tour guide. So the tour guide would take you to like specific shops. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. you know kind of a deal going on, which I guess is normal. Or this might even happen for taxi drivers. He might recommend you a certain hotel, and uh-huh. maybe he get a, like a small tip for that. I've been trying to yeah. explain this to my wife so long; she never listens to me. Huh? We get into taxis at the airport at like new cities in China, and the taxi driver immediately tells us to go to some famous restaurant that on my list of top 10 restaurants isn't there. Mm. And then she's like, no, no, no. The taxi driver must know the local area better. And I'm like, that's his friend's <laughs> restaurant. Very like, likely. He gets a kickback. Right. <laughs> Let's go to the one on the list. <laughs> yeah. You guys can fight about this and see who is right. Next time, you maybe you can do like a test. Go to both restaurants and see. I see which one's yeah, better. Yeah, which ones are better. Yeah. <laughs> the taxi driver gets a kickback and we get to go to a nice restaurant. Yeah, because once in a while <laughs> we see on the news how some tour guys are enraged because like his group didn't buy anything <laughs> like at the uh, designated shops. Yeah. Um, but, you know, usually when these videos come out, people usually end up attacking the tour guide because, you know, it's voluntary. You can't force people to shop at these shops. Well, now you're making me feel bad because I was in um, Thailand with a Chinese tour group. And at the end of the tour, they brought us to a pillow factory. Huh. And we were sat down in a lobby and made to watch a like a presentation about how amazing these pillows were. Also like a block away from the airport. So we snuck out the back and <laughs> ran to the airport. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you no know pillows. No pillow. We didn't need a Sobakawa pillow or whatever they were selling. So we just escaped. Oh, so now I feel bad. Funny. I guess that was like his his way of making money. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm supposed to tip the tour guide. I didn't know that. I think not that we're talking about this. I realized that I have not really been in any tour groups in China. And now I'm doubting. Is this my recollection from being in tour groups in the U.S. or in China? But just to be on the safe side, you know, ask uh, other people in the group. Am I supposed to tip? And usually it's public. How much money did you give him? (laughs) Yeah. If it happens, they will tell you an amount, like a recommended amount. So the tour guy will. I don't remember what this was. I think the guy told us at the beginning. You know, when everybody got on the bus, he will explain the whole thing. I'm the tour guide, da da da, basic information. And then at the end, he will explain that. So like a, a tip is part of my paycheck and it's expected to be around, let's say, 20 or 50 per person. So you just give according to that. You know, everyone is happy. It's given at the very beginning. It's not like a bomb at the end of the trip. Ah, you got to tip me. <laughs> so Well, this is something new that I definitely didn't know because I thought there was no tipping, but it turns out there's tipping. In some cases, I I suppose. mean, if you don't ever go on a tour group, if you put your own package together, you buy your own plane ticket, own a hotel, and you figure out where you're going by yourself, you don't 
then you won't have to tip yeah. anyone. You get lost you by yourself and yeah, go to these like really <laughs> bad restaurants by yourself. And <laughs> go to the wrong shop by yourself. Good luck, Jason. <laughs> Speaking okay. of which, um, so just yeah, yesterday, ahead. my book club friends, um, there's one from, I think she was from Guangdong and she was thinking about coming to Beijing for a trip, like with her kids and her parents. And everybody in the group tried to dissuade her because of the weather. Really? It was like yesterday was 39 or 40 degrees outside. It's impossible. Like, and uh, the Forbidden City and also the Yuan Yuan, they're all packed and like with ambulances waiting outside because it's so hot. Wow. I mean, today it's much cooler still because she showed us her package that she was advertised. Like someone... I guess some company gave it to her and they were asking her for 28,000 RMB. What? For like a three to four day trip in Beijing. And that's crazy. We were like, maybe they got the digits wrong. <laughs> like maybe it's 2,800. That sounds a lot more reasonable because in Beijing, you can basically go everywhere by yourself, right? Yeah. And buy tickets yourself. If it's too busy and you order, usually you order online. So I think we succeeded in just uh, dissuading her from going with this group, at least. It was just ripping her off. It's way too crazy. But uh, for our listeners, don't worry about traveling to Beijing. It's not that expensive and it's very, very convenient. We yeah. usually look at more than one option when we're, we travel a lot, as you know. So we usually mm, look at yeah. what's it going to cost if we do it ourselves and what's it going to cost with the tour group. And usually the tour group is cheaper. The reason we don't choose the tour group often is because Jason doesn't want to be told where to go. Mm. So <laughs> like right. so often summer will get mad at me because I'm like, we'll save money. Because but I'm, she I, has to I worry wanna... about everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, I should tip her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, sometimes it's the, how much you have to worry and the thoughts you put into it can't really be bought. It's a lot of work. For the tour guys, I mean, for them, it, they, they know it so well. They've probably been doing it for years. There's also strength in numbers. You have a whole bunch of people and the tour guides already got the tickets for everything and you can mm. usually get past lines faster and they know all the cool places to go and so it's actually worth it sometimes right so you can think about which is worse either you are like stuck in a tour group but everything is relatively peaceful or you can you know you guys can go on your own but then like summer will be like yelling at you <laughs> during the whole trip so you you'll pick the one that you can <laughs> you're happy with you can also escape from tour groups it's not like prison so like if they're like oh we're right. gonna go here you can be like okay i'll see you guys tomorrow morning for the next thing we're going here i suppose yeah it's not like you can't just take a day off from the tour group either you, you can't right but they do all the bookings and other stuff for you that's a good idea you just have to talk to them we're a little off topic Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Around the world, it does look like most countries do not have tipping. And, you know, I hear a lot from people in the UK that they get really frustrated with tax. So they go into like a, you know, a corner store and they're like, I have to pay. OK, this how much does this cost? This mm. costs two dollars. So you're just telling me this costs two dollars. Yes. Put it on the counter. OK, that'll be two dollars and 30 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And so they get frustrated. Yeah. Like you just said because it was $2. How is it $2? She probably still cents? had like $2 exactly. And now she has to look for 30 cents. Yeah. Right, exactly. So this is frustrates a lot of people who go to the United States. And this is not tipping. This is taxing. So now you have tipping on top.
top of taxing at like most places, including apparently convenience stores, which makes no sense to me. Right. So what is going on? It sounds to me like America has become, according to Esther Marshall, USA's tipping culture explained as a tourist's nightmare. Nightmare. Seriously. It is a nightmare. So while tipping for a meal in the customary in the UK, a standard rate is 10 to 12.5 percent. In the okay. USA, the service charge can be as high as 20 percent. So at least it's not 25. That's shocking. Still, 20 is a lot. I mean, like 10 to 12 percent. That's, I guess, reasonable. But uh, I don't know. It's something to get used to. They better know this before they, you know, go to the United States for traveling or else they'll be very frustrated all over the place. And it has changed because this was a there was a movie by Quentin Tarantino. It's called Reservoir Dogs. In the first few minutes, they talk about tipping in that and they talk about it being 15 percent. So a cup of coffee is like, you know, maybe throw a dollar in. Great. You know, maybe that's extra way more than you should have given, but it doesn't matter. But it's a dollar. But 15 percent was the standard. And now it has changed. This is another article by Emily Lorsch. Tipping in the United States has gotten out of control, experts say. I don't really trust people who call themselves experts. <laughs> CNBC.com, April 1st, 2023. It says, during the 1950s, people commonly tipped 10% of the bill. And by the 1970s and 80s, that was 15%, my generation. And it says, in 2023, people typically tip anywhere between 15 to 25%. Wow. Consumers on average said that they tipped more than 21%. Oh, gosh. So we are the older generation now, Jason. Isn't that scary? Is This is a trend. What does that mean? In 2014, 40. We're going to be expected to tip like 30%. 50%. No one will be like going out anymore. I'm serious. This is too much. It is. So in this article from nerdwallet.com. Oh, wait, no, this is that's another one. This is from bankrate.com mm-hmm. in an article called The Latest Rules of Tipping, How Much to Tip in 2023 and just came out in June mm. this year. And so let's see how much to tip at restaurants for listeners, you know, all over the world. If you're thinking about going to the U.S. for a trip, mm-hmm. a comment when it comes to tipping at bars, it says maybe one dollar per drink like beer or wine or two dollars per cocktail, which takes more work to make. So here's my question, Jason. When you go to the bar, usually you go there to relax, right? Like me going to a coffee house. I go there to chill, to relax. I don't want to go there to think about how much I'm supposed to tip or pay for this glass of wine. I just want to sit there quiet, my mind empty. Mm-hmm. But here it's saying that I have to remember how many drinks I've ordered mm. or what exactly I've ordered so that I can calculate a tip at the end. Mm. Or do you tip every time you order something? So I'm supposed to get like a stack of dollar bills with me when I go <laughs> to a bar, which I never do. Can you enlighten me on this? How are we supposed to do this? I don't know, because when I used to go to bars, which is a long time ago, I used to pay each drink that I would order because I don't want to be one of those people at the end of the night that's not sure why everything costs so much. But it's not relaxing, you know? To think about every time you order something, there's the cost and there's the tax and there's the tip. Oh, my gosh. I would just, uh, you know, go home to relax. And here's... Uh, oh, I have a question. Uh, sure. What about those gigantic dining experiences in China? Because, you know, like when Americans think of going out to a restaurant, they think of maybe them and their family or maybe them and a few friends. It's like four people average. Uh, and they go to a restaurant and they, you know, so tipping is like, I guess, 20 percent now or 21 percent, whatever. But in China, you have these gigantic banquet rooms where you rent a room and sometimes there'll be 
10 or 15, 20 people. In those cases, is there a tip? Yes. Because it's a huge ordeal. Yes, it's a, I'm happy you mentioned this because, yeah, just like uh, two months ago, maybe for some holiday, we had a family gathering of maybe 18, 15 to 18 people. So in this case, usually you order a separate room, right? We call it baojian. So it's a separate room, no noise from other people. And it will tell you yeah. before you order that sometimes there's a minimal consumption rate. Like minimal would be maybe 200 RMB per person. And then they will tell you there is a 15% service charge. So basically you're paying extra for the room. If you choose to sit around these big tables, big mm, tables mm. in the dining hall, like the open area, then there's no minimum consumption. There's no charge for service. But if you want your private room then, but they will tell you exactly what it is. Gratuity or... Before you go in. So yes, yeah. I guess in this case, there is a tip and it's 15%. It's also kind of not a tip because if you're paying for the use of the room, but you're paying the servers, it's like not a tip and a tip. It's it's like a cat in the box. It's Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Well, <laughs> we hope that the money does go to the waitresses. I mean, it's all spelled out on the bill and before you even order. So I think that's pretty reliable. Yeah. Well, there are also other exceptions because when I went out drinking that and I haven't for years, I want to emphasize that <laughs> uh, I used to go to two different kinds of bars. There are bars that are primarily 99% Chinese people in China, where it's like a Chinese style bar. Often these are like a little more upscale. They're a little uh, like whiskey bars where there's you know, special drinking. Uh, maybe there's cigars sometimes and things like that. And there's no tipping. But if you go to these bars where there are a lot of expats and there are specific bars that a lot of foreigners hang out at, those bars oftentimes do have tipping, but it'll say it behind the bar. That'll say, you know, that there's tipping at this bar. Uh -huh. So because so many foreigners have created the culture within this service, this particular place, this venue, mm -hmm. that the servers then expect it because everyone seems to be doing it all the time. So even Chinese people at these bars end up tipping because the foreigners have created a little microcosm of back home right. where everyone is then expected to tip. So there are some little exceptional places in Beijing and Shanghai that there is some tipping. I'm wondering, like the psychology side of it, I'm wondering if when people go to bars, like say in the U.S., because it's such common culture in the U.S., and when they tip, they probably enjoy this part of the process. They probably enjoy this part of the experience, tipping the bartender or uh, tipping, I don't know what else service they get. <laughs> but maybe for them, it's an enjoyable experience to share their wealth, to be served that way. I'm not too sure. I'm... Maybe for some people, my friend Devin and I went into a bar, for example, and we ordered two drinks this was, I don't know, 15 years ago. Oh. And we noticed we didn't get excellent service because we just tipped them like a dollar or whatever. And so the next time we ordered a drink, we tipped them like $5 for the drinks. And then we got excellent service and the waiter was very interested in us. So it really tipping then became a way to make sure that you could get the bartender's attention, even in a large crowd of people. But wait, so when you go to a bar, don't you pay after you get your drink? No. You tip after you get your they, drink, you right? Put, you tip before They put the drink down and you tip. But if you tip big the first time, then they will continue to give you attention because they know that they're going to get more money from you than the some other person. Wait, how much are we supposed to drink at a bar? Like for me, like I probably go there, I get a drink and call it a night. But I guess for you guys, you oh. drink after drink. I mean, this is I'm 
totally not familiar with this. The experience of going to a bar is supposed to be like a couple, two, three hour thing. Think of it like a game. You show up before like a basketball game and you're there for 30 minutes before the game starts. And then the game plays out and then you're there for another 30 minutes or whatever. So you're there for a couple hours, basically. And over the course of a couple hours could mean, you know, if you're a normal social drinker, three or four drinks. Or if you have a problem with drinking, far, far more than that. Oh, gosh. Okay. But, you know, in a crowded bar, it can be almost impossible getting a drink if you didn't tip well the first time. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, in this article on bankrate.com, it says, if you know you'll be ordering multiple drinks over the course of a night, tipping $5 on the initial drink and then $1 for each drink after can be a show of goodwill to the bartender. And I guess that's a way of getting his attention. But then my question is... I'm sorry. This is like, so I'm supposed to be sitting there, a drink in my hand and maybe eating some nuts on the side. And then I will. Don't eat the nuts. Okay, but still. <laughs> Those are so like, riddled with I germs. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be touching cash, you know, like while I'm yeah. drinking and eating. But it, according to this tip, I'm supposed to, if I have like three drinks, I'm supposed to touch cash three times at least during this process. Yeah. And if I pay, because nowadays everything is paid on my cell phone here in China, then during the supposedly relaxing course of the night, I'm supposed to be swiping at this code like three or four times and I'm pushing buttons. It doesn't sound very relaxing to me, Jason. Yeah. Seriously. Well, you know, now that you put it in terms of that, it makes me feel a bit germophobic, too. Because, well, I mean, I guess in the United States, they still do use cash, but I think they're moving towards like RFID system where they use credit cards for everything now. But still, it's just one more step. You know, it's supposed to be smooth. I sit down, I get my drink uh, and then another drink and I get up to pay and I go. It's supposed to be like that. It shouldn't be like punctuated by all these tipping uh, in the process. It's just not as relaxing. That's my complaint. You know, I think uh, you and I are, I'm a bit older. You're a little, maybe younger. We're about the same. I, I, don't, I was trying to be nice because you're a lady. <laughs> but, you know, I think going to a bar isn't really something people our age do. It's more something in the people in their 20s kind of thing. Um, and I don't think that people in their 20s are as um, careful about germs and care about relaxing. They're more interested in like the, where the party is. Right. Kind of <laughs> attitude. Well, they have stronger immune systems. So I guess enjoy <laughs> themselves. And also here this uh, on Banknote, uh, bankrate.com. Uh, how much to tip. It says at weddings, so that's a special occasion um, where they tip differently. So at weddings, you tip the bartender per hour, about $20 per hour. That's on top of whatever fee you've agreed upon. And then for the wait staff, it's about 20 to 50 per server for a sit-down meal, even more for the captain, depending on how lavish it is. So if you're thinking about a lavish wedding, consider all these costs, okay, to be part of the package. Mm. And bathroom attendance, $2 per guest. Well, so what, am I supposed to carry cash into the bathroom? It sounds like in America, you, you just need to have a huge wad of money all the time. I know. <laughs> Oh, and I, after I wash my hands, I'm supposed to pull out $2 bills and, and then go back to wash my hands again. I'm sorry about this washing thing, but hey, it's just after the pandemic. Maybe you need like a money uh, sanitizing machine. <laughs> I just carry like alcohol or these wipes with me. But still, it's just not fun, Jason. All these tipping, all these punctuation during the process. I, I agree with you 100%. I knew I really thought during this episode, Bebe was going to do her thing where she like 
goes to like the socioeconomic <laughs> problem of, you know, I do want to emphasize that I think tipping is cute and fun sometimes, just like you do, baby. Yeah. But I also think that there's a real deeper problem in American society that our leaders, our governmental leaders and the leaders of industry need to get together and come up with a solution whereby servers are paid enough that they don't need tips to survive. And I think that is the root right. of America's problem right and now. And if you guys don't solve this problem, listen, Jason and I will not be shopping and consuming and going out as much. <laughs> and you guys will have to eat up that consequence. <laughs> hey, if you guys have any ideas you want to share with us or you think maybe we could come at this from another angle, feel free to eat Email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your time, baby. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk to you. I guess we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.